Hello, and welcome to Identity Crisis with Pam and Trisana. I'm Pam. And I'm Trisana. Okay. And this is a podcast where we discuss different facets of our identity and how it changes through time. Okay, Trisana, that doesn't work for audio form. <laughs> this is an ASMR. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. We're keeping it? Yeah. All right. Always. All right. Follow us on social media. Um, we have our Instagram and a TikTok at Identity Crisis PT and Twitter at Identity Crisis PT, but instead of there's no E in the identity. Yeah. Also, make sure if you haven't yet to order your planners for 2021. Hell yeah. Start your ear your ear <laughs> your year off right <laughs> start your year off more organized than pamela's sentences yes <laughs> um but yeah check out that it the links are now in all of our social media pages yeah instagram bio twitter bio maybe tiktok bio we'll double check today yeah um but yeah, go get you a planner. They're super dope. And, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm actually um, I'm putting the link in the description of these of the podcasts. Podcast? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Ever since the last one. Awesome. So yeah, make sure you get your planner. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you do the thing you said you were gonna do? No. No, no. I didn't. I um, had a little detour this week. Took a trip down Depression Lane. And forgot everything, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, yeah. Just working on something else. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yes, I did. I said I was gonna. We both said we were gonna do art shit, and I did. Um, a friend of mine, Chloe Siebert, has a exhibit in Chinatown at Helen Helena Ann rather uh, gallery where she's doing a twenty four hour mutual aid free kitchen worldwide live stream uh and i contributed a sort of discussion about de-escalation tactics and stuff like that on sunday um and then i'm going to be going back uh sometime this week so keep a lookout for that um the link for that is in the helena and rather instagram bio or you can just go to their website so yeah that's that's that i did that and i also you know i finished a painting that I feel really good about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Art ho life. Art ho life, you know. Yeah. Depressed architect life <laughs> over here. Nah, it's fine. I'm just you, complaining. You made Coquito and you came out of it. Yeah. Because it is Coquito season. It is Coquito season. Um, It's officially Coquito season because we made our first batch. Yes. And our second. And our second batch <laughs> pretty much the next day. Yep. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Awesome. All right, so let's get into it. This week, we're going to be talking about volunteer work and mutual aid. So when did you start uh, volunteering and what pushed you to keep doing it? And also, do you think the ideas of mutual aid were implemented in your upbringing in any way? Hmm. Okay. So I think I started, I want to say high school, sometime around high school. And I think it was um, kind of between all the clubs I was in and they're like having a requirement for volunteer services and my church group would do some things as well. Um, 
And then I just kind of like once I started, I didn't stop. Mm -hmm. I would just like sign up anytime there was. And partially there was the um, the incentive of like, oh, these clubs require you to have hours. Mm -hmm. But I don't think for me it was ever a problem. (laughs) Like I know a lot of kids would like cram, do it at the end of the year. I would just always be volunteering like year round. So I was like, okay, so these count for this, I guess, and then this and whatever. But yeah, I don't, I don't think like as, what was the second question? Oh, um, do you think any of the ideas of mutual aid were implemented in your upbringing? Okay, so that's and a good I guess question. I can explain mutual aid, or and what I've gathered because this I learned these words uh, this year, um, and I've been using them a lot since I learned them. But my sort of understanding of mutual aid is that we all have something that we can contribute to our community and the people around us. And so um, whether that's time or money or food or, you know, housing space or something, there's some way you can give back. Um, And it's sort of just the idea that if you do that, other people will give in as well. And Mm -hmm. you sort of build like a network off of uh, what's what the community already has. I guess I to to help out with a question. Um, I sort of wanted to get into how, like, I think in my upbringing, mutual aid sort of like happened between like my mom and my aunt and like my uncle. Like at a certain point, we were living in the apartments. Like they lived right be- below us, and so we were always giving food. And then my cousin would come over, and she would do groceries out of my my aunt and mom's fridge. You know, like <laughs> that sort of thing of like. Between Ma- making sure, yeah, making sure that we're all good, and like, if there was any financial situation that anybody was in in any part, like the family would all put put together, yeah, for that person, you know. Oh, that's very interesting. I don't think I ever looked at it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say I definitely was surrounded by that in my life, in my childhood growing up. I think it starts when I was very little, and we were living in Miami. My parents sort of became the, I talked about this in my thesis, and I'm trying to think of the word I used because it was very specific, but the, like, the destination for a lot of new immigrants, like, they started bringing their family over and their friends and their, um, just people that they knew, because between their family and their friend groups, they were one of the first people that, like, decided. Your parents. Yeah decided to move to the states Mm -hmm. everybody else was very content just living in the country um and then then moving here and finding a home and jobs and things like that pushed other people Mm -hmm. they were like oh shit we could do better and so like my uncle and my grandpa they came and my parents like opened up their home and like helped them out in the beginning so in that sense I never thought of that as mutual aid, mm-hmm. but in you explaining it, I can kind of remember those times in my life. Yeah. Um, and I remember just random people living in my house and I never quite understood, but them telling me now as I'm older, like, oh yeah, they were just helping people get on their feet. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, that answers it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you answered it. Great. So yeah, when did I start? I would say um through church as well uh i think 
possibly the Salvation Army. Like I, th- I we did like toy sort- sorting. Yeah. Um, when I was like middle school or maybe early high school, something yeah. like that. Um, and then from there, it was just sort of I'd volunteer for church stuff. Like after that, um, I was just sort of helping around. Like I know that there was a uh <clears throat> a food distribution or some sort of thing that they were doing at church and i was there i was one of the volunteers that was helping out on like the back end of like mm-hmm. um sorting stuff organizing that kind of thing so yeah and then also on the second end it's like yeah like i that sort of thing between my family but actually you saying you were saying about your family reminded me that when <laughs> i was in elementary school at some point, I had a like a school friend or whatever. She was like in the grade above me, but she, I guess, her mom had hard times. And I remember I'd go over to her place, like she lived in our neighborhood. But at mm-hmm. some point, she moved in with us. Like her and her mom moved in with me, my mom, and my aunt. Yeah. And I don't like think about that time period a lot, but it was very much like it wasn't talked about. It just happened. Yeah. You know. And then she was. No, yeah, we were little. Yeah. But but I mean, it decisions wasn't like were a, made. Yeah, decisions <laughs> were made, but it wasn't like a. I don't know. I guess it wasn't some big transitional thing of like, oh, this person's living. Because it's like, you yeah. think about it, you're like, there's a whole extra two people living in my home. Yeah. Which but means it, it more didn't... people to share the bathroom with. Exactly. It but I don't. A lot of things. I did, it didn't like dawn me in that way. I don't yeah. think I, it was like a problem or anything like that. Um, and so I think that also just like the way my mom's family is in general, like they're just very giving people. So, yeah. Um, you know, even even now, like my stepdad will will be like, hey, you know, and tell my mom to take off her shirt or not her shirt, but like her her, her like sweater or something like that. If they come across somebody on oh, yeah. the street who needs like they're just very giving people. Yeah. Um, I think that's so, yeah. something my family also like ingrained in me was whenever you can help. Like, yeah. Because no matter how poor we were, we always had something that we could give, whether it was food or like some cash or whatever it was it was something to give but I want to go back to something you were talking about the gift giving that brought back like high school memories one of the first things that I truly like felt passion for was this event um that our student council would do every year and I think the very first year I was like yes this is this is what I'm gonna dedicate like my high school to do um, what was it? It, it was a Christmas gift giving thing, and it was partnered with Casa. Casa. I don't know how to say Casa in English. House. Um, ca- it's called the organization is called Casa. Oh. And it's a an organization. I think they work with foster children mm-hmm. in like your surrounding, like neighborhood or whatever. Um, I think they're national organization. I'm not really sure. I can't speak on the organization itself but we would work with them and each like a teacher would what was it I'm sorry I'm trying to like recap the whole thing but it's um essentially we could like a class or a club or a sports team or whatever could sponsor a child and so they would raise money to like for one specific child and we would have a list of what that child wanted and then like student council would go and shop with all this like money that was a like we'd be able to raise we'd shop we'd like wrap up the gifts and then we'd distribute and we'd have the kids come over and we'd have like foods and drinks and they'd come with their foster family and it was just so fucking beautiful 
Yeah. Like, I remember, like, interacting with these children and interacting with, like, their families and, like, hearing some, like, crazy stories of how they, like, Came shit they've se seen and, like, experienced. And it was just so intense. And for them to get these gifts. And I remember, I think it was my first year, I might have fucked up. And I was like, open your gifts. But they're supposed to, like, take their gifts back home and then open them on Christmas. Right. And I was just like, open your gifts. Like, <laughs> yeah, you totally can. <laughs> and so I saw somebody, like, a couple kids, like, open their gifts in front of me. And they were so fucking ecstatic. Yeah. And then, of course, I got in trouble because, like. <laughs> You're not supposed to open your gifts They weren't there. supposed to open their gifts. But then yeah. that was um, something I would. I would later like organize and like head on myself, which was it was really fun. That's cool. I like from very from that age, I was like, I want to work with the foster like system and like help in whatever way I can because it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up yeah. internally. And yeah, yeah. And they had an age restriction. I remember going on their website and they had an age restriction for volunteers. At like 19, you had to be 19 or something, either 19 or 21. Mm. And I was like, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait to turn that age for this specific reason. And you did it? No, because I was in college. Oh, oh okay. Oh, was, so wait, then what did you organize later? What was it? Well, no, because I then became student council president. So I was like in charge of that event. I so see. I, would, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Yeah. So. What are the different ways you volunteered and what is your preference? <laughs> so what, what yeah. would your preference be? I've actually, I've done a lot of different types of volunteers. Well, why don't you talk about that? Um, so there's that like face on like type of volunteer and like gift giving and stuff like that. I've done a lot of soup kitchens. I've done meal packing, which is a little less personal and more like behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I've done um sorting of like, a lot of organizations will receive like donations for like toys, clothing, all this stuff. I did like sorting of that. Um, I there was one time I did I was making jewelry with blind people and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. They were so fun. <laughs> yeah, I think there was like a um a blind couple and they were Latino and they were like older. And they would just like shit on each other, yeah, like from across the room. And I was helping them, and the other volunteers couldn't communicate with them. And I was like one of the only ones that could speak Spanish, so yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then what else kind of stuff I did? I think that kind of that's a big range of stuff. You also tutor? Oh yeah, <laughs> I tutor. You currently. I, I did that a lot when I was in high school, too. Well, I taught in at church, which yeah. was, like, a volunteer thing. Um, and now I tutor um, kids, high school kids, for the SAT. Yeah. Look um, at you. You do a lot. I do a lot without, like, really. <laughs> that was the first time I've, like, listed them and, like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I'm pretty cool. Yeah. I'm like a great person. Wow. <laughs> I, I am literally the, so a great. saint. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm I'm always afraid of because I don't talk a lot about volunteering. And that's why. Because I don't want to sound like a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's valid. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Um, what about you? you? I, I don't think you sound like a douchebag, though. Thank you. Um. So, yeah, I have 
I've done sorting and stuff. I've for the Salvation Army. Um, mm-hmm. that time I did the food stuff for that church. Um, there was one time. One of my favorite ones was we when I was in ROTC in high school, and we got like dressed up and went to like a Valentine's Day dance at an old folks home, mm-hmm. and like. I was cutting up with old people. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, old um, people are great. Old oh, people are I've, super great. I've, I've helped out at nursing homes as well. Yeah. No, yeah. it's great. And like um they were putting on cuz we were in our like little uniforms. Mm-hmm. And so they were putting on like old like 50s music. It was just very like <laughs> just a good time. Just a good time, yeah. you know. We were like swing dancing and whatnot. I guess. Yeah. Um but uh there was that then uh, when I was in, so when I was in college, um, I did reading partners, which is like, you go into a school and you help kids with their reading. Mm-hmm. It, it, I was very excited about it. And then, you know, and I, I think that I, you know, I enjoyed what I was doing. It was just sort of, and we'll get to it later, but I just yeah. didn't like the way that it was, I don't know, um, facilitated. That's fair. Um, yeah, we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we can get into, <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I prefer, so obviously this, this year I've gotten into mutual aid work mm-hmm. and I would say I prefer I prefer this work I really enjoy cooking for people um so like the stuff we've been doing we started out with food drives where we were doing like grocery stuff mm-hmm. um and that was cool it's just sort of like it's a lot of work and then like I feel like it puts people in an environment where they feel the need to be comp- like it feels slightly more competitive because you have to line people up and they get to pick because you're getting, a, we got a bunch of donations in. I don't know. It just sort of. Wait, I'm sorry. I think I lost track of what you were saying. The, uh, so I'm talking about food drives. So the oh, food okay. drives we were doing in the beginning where we were, we would oh, get like a bunch of grocery donations okay. and then we would distribute them. And we sort of did it like a grocery. We tried to set it up like a grocery store. So we put like sorted the stuff together mm-hmm. and let people walk through. Um, but it just, it always just felt a little bit more competitive because, right. um, People feel like, oh, I'm that I'm not gonna get the I'm not gonna get anything or you know I, I'm I'm at the back of the line and that and then and I'm at the front of the line I'm just gonna grab everything. I'm gonna grab everything and yeah. that and that's the thing is you never want because there you don't because a symptom no. of poverty is hoarding you know like yeah. you never want to be like hey stop because it's like no like it's there it's free it's for them right you know so it's that's a hard line and I just I don't like being the person to do it. Um, and I feel like when you, when we're doing like the, our hot food stuff, it's mm-hmm. a lot more like personable, a lot more like less like, less like charity and more like solidarity, I guess is something that I've heard been mm-hmm. said a lot is that we want to stand in solidarity with people. And when I know that I've right. made a really good meal, um, and it's healthy and they're going to enjoy it, I feel good, like passing it over to them and, and. People are, I think, a lot, just a lot more relaxed in general yeah. when you're handing them a food that you made with your own hands. Like, um, <laughs> it's now like a joke every week. I'm like, I made like I made the cornbread. I made the cornbread because it like people are more open to eating it when yeah. they know that you are the person who made it. And so I really like that part for yeah. me to go on and on about it. I really enjoy no, like totally sharing, great. and I also really enjoy cooking myself. So I enjoy sharing that with with other people. Yeah, and for free, you know, like. Yeah. People are like, how much is this? And I'm like, it's free. And you just see a smile, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. I do like having gone through a lot of variety. And the thing, the reason I did so much, it was because I do like volunteering. 
And I'm part of this organization here in New York Cares. And I can pick whatever type of organization, like whatever type of project I want to do um, on any given day. And so when I first got here, I would just whatever time I had free, I would go and like try to catch whatever. So there were a lot of times it was like 7 p.m. after work or after something that I'd be like, okay, I guess I can go help me. Um, what was it? Um, sorting, sorting mm-hmm. through donations. <sighs> then there was one year that I was doing that I had Fridays off, so I would do meal packing mm-hmm. and that was fun just because of like the volunteers i was with they were a lot of fun yeah um and uh i was getting at something <laughs> i'm sorry i lost my train of thought preference um yeah and then the the jewelry thing was because i was working at the time on 23rd and there's like an institute of blind there and I was like getting off of work and I think somebody canceled plans with me and I was like what can I do (laughs) around me today like after work Mm -hmm. and so I signed up for that but then I never like got the opportunity to go back because I stopped working there Mm -hmm. like it just wasn't accessible to me um and then so having gone through a lot of like little projects Mm -hmm. I can sort of um, weed out what I don't like to do as much and what makes me feel like selfishly more satisfied, mm-hmm. which is less of the back <laughs> background stuff and more of the like in your face, like face to face kind of stuff that makes me feel super fulfilled. And it was like from going to the blind jewelry making um, and having like talking to people and i mean i did it a lot in soup kitchens as well but i like the the Human personal connection yeah 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 and not so much like i would say like what you're doing uh not for me too much just because it is very um like it's so many people to your one or to your three right i like making difference like in a smaller scale of like one on one stuff. Yeah. 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 If that makes sense. So like that's why like something like tutoring. So yeah. So if I can offer like time and knowledge to to kids that'll like take this in. And there was one year I was doing not SAT prep, I was doing college essay prep. And we lived super close to the high school I was working with. And one like I was working with two or three students. Mm-hmm. I think two really. And one of them was like, I really, really, really need help. Like, and I would just meet with her randomly. Like, okay, meet me at Starbucks at this time. I have an hour off. Yeah. And like, when she got into college, like, I felt so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she made it into college. I had a, like, I helped her in that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was that, it's that kind of stuff that I really, I feel the most. No, I, I agree. I think, so for me, uh, I can, and to share actually some good news, mm-hmm. um, a Queens Liberation Project has been doing two breakfasts a week for. Well, tell us a little bit about Queens Liberation Project because I don't think you you've like. Well, okay, Queens. <laughs> that's like okay. Uh, Am I skipping questions? No, no. I okay. So Queens Liberation Project <laughs> is um, a group that I co-founded with some other people. 
uh, we came out of the protests. Um, we we started doing protests, I guess, and then we got really into the organizing side of it. And then we were like, wait a second, what if we just like to help the stuff. community <laughs> yeah. instead of just like getting people together to scream about like how upset we were? Like, what if we just tried to change what we could? And so we started with the food drives. That was our first like non-protest thing. And um, from there, we realized how much resources we could get together. Like, mm-hmm. truly, uh, we got our first food drive. We got, like, three trucks full of food mm-hmm. or three SUVs full of food, which then amounted to, like, one U-Haul. Yeah. Like, stacked with food. And then also we got, like, two. I think we got, like, $2,000, $3,000 for us to buy fresh produce and meat to give away. So it was, like, we saw the how much support and stuff is there. And that just spiraled into us getting involved with other things. So we got involved with uh, the People's Bodega was doing a Beacon Fridays at a Queensbridge. We started helping them out with that. And now it's pretty much 50, it's 50-50 basically about like us, six of us making food out of our homes and mm-hmm. then taking it to give to Queensbridge. We've been doing that since September. Right. And like that, we've all been saying that lately of like, oh, sep- we've been doing this since September. Like that's yeah. it's some been time. A while. Yeah, it's yeah. been in some time. Um, Once a week for yeah. two, three months. Like that's insane. Yeah. And then I would say for the past maybe two months or something like that, uh, Queen's Liberation Project has been doing coat drive. Um, We are about to do our coat distribution this Saturday, I believe. Um, And then and then the breakfast program, which is what I was talking about. Um. The people of Astoria houses in building, I think it's like 104 or something like that. Like 40, it's 42, I think. Um, they have like different ways of calling yeah. one building a building. Yeah. Um, oh, and but, just just for reference, like if, for the people that don't live in New York and this is sounding like complete gibberish, uh, Astoria houses in Queensbridge, they're both like part of the New York uh, Housing Authority. Yeah, city, New York City, New York city housing, housing Authority. authority. So Nine basically, time. it's you know like the projects or the um, the hood, the city, yeah, the hood or the the city owned housing, like yeah, government owned public housing. housing. And so when so there, anyways, that building's gas went out, mm-hmm. and so for the past over like over ninety days, they didn't have gas. And so when we heard about that, we started doing our breakfast program there yeah. um, on Mondays and Fridays. All the stoves here are gas. Yeah, all the, the stoves here are gas. So we started doing our breakfast program on Mondays and Fridays. Um, and from there, I I really like, so I enjoy cooking. Um, but for the breakfast program, my favorite part was just going and handing out the food. I got to know some of the people that live in the building. Miss Sandy, Mr. Muhammad, um, Keisha, shout out, shout out. Keisha and her seven kids. Oh my god! Uh, and it and it's all it. I don't know. It starts to be like a little system the way it works. So like, oh Miss Anne, she'll always come out. Um, and it, it'll either be Miss Anne or Mr. Muhammad who'll come out first. Mm-hmm. Um, and get their 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 bacon, egg, and cheeses or their their platters or whatever. Um, and they Miss Anne's always like she's. I'm always like, oh, would you like this? Would you like this? She's like, I don't refuse nothing. She's like, I'm not too good for anything. I'll take it. Yeah. Um. And then Mr. Muhammad, he'll he does this trick where he'll just come back later. And you're like, hey, do you have do you have anything else for me? And so I'm like, yeah, I'll load you up. Um. And then there's like you you know you see the people rushing out with their kids. I it I like being inside the communities and being able to see the actual like life and yeah. the way people live and that sort of thing. So. And that aspect, I don't really mind too much of like 
being it's sort of being like a small insignificant maybe insignificant yeah. sort of like oh okay they didn't have you know they got breakfast today you know or whatever but it's it feels good to sort of just see that community um no that's that absolutely way. true i can see that being very positive yeah and it's and it feels i mean it feels good especially like the the my favorite thing to come out of the, that is the compliment of oh this this bacon egg and cheese tastes the, like the ones straight out of the deli you know and I'm just like fuck yeah <laughs> I did that. I did that you know yeah. that sort of thing it makes me feel good like that satisfaction that you're talking about and I think that 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 feeling as selfish as it might feel yeah. and like obviously there are ways in which that can become detrimental and like harmful to the work uh, when you start to have a sort of a savior complex about yeah. things. Um, but I think that just enjoying it, it's that's human nature. Like we really get off on like being able to help each other. Like that's it's part of it, I yeah. think, or else we wouldn't get so happy when we do it. Yeah. Um, altruism and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just I love that. And and luckily, I keep forgetting the point of me saying this. They got their <laughs> gas back on Woo. last week. And as pissed as I am, I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there is that it took them so 90 long. second something days. I talked to the guy who put the gas on because he, while he was fixing it, he came out and he wanted to like take a bunch of our plastic bags. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, they called me like last week. I'm here now. I've been here for a week. It's fixed. I don't know when they're going to turn it on. Hopefully before Christmas. Ha ha. Can I have your plastic bags? And I was like, uh, okay. Oh my God. So you mean to tell me that these people have been sitting here without gas and, and you, you can got fix a it call. in a week? <laughs> last week. Yeah, That's last insane. week. And you fixed it in one week. And luckily it didn't take until Christmas for them to turn the fucking line, the gas line on. They turned it on like the next week. But still, it, it still That's infuriates ridiculous. me because I know for a fact that if the fucking mayor, if the mayor's house or whatever, if... Chris Cuomo or if uh, sorry <laughs> Governor Cuomo or fucking de Blasio, de Blasio if their gas went out it would be fixed like that yeah it would be fixed so quickly and so I don't see why it's okay for the government's housing to be without and the thing is is that this was one building there was also another building that had more units they were out of gas as well yeah. that we just didn't know about. I mean, truthfully, this is going to be a whole nother episode because we have a lot of shit on NYCHA. Like, just. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, and, that, and that's really, yeah, we, there's plenty to say. Yeah. But. um, But being able to help. Being able to help. And, and they, the thing is, is that so in in our small insignificant mm -hmm. way, we sort of like, no, did we turn the gas back on ourselves? No, we didn't. But. <laughs> We were out there. I, we were out there every week, and those people saw that there are people who care. And during that time, Thanksgiving mm -hmm. happened, and so we also did a distribution, or we made like a bunch of food. Mm -hmm. I made like I don't know, like how many pounds of green beans? Um, had to have been like thirty pounds of green beans because I of each bag was five. Anyways, I made like a bunch of green beans. You know, Emmett made the mac and cheese. You know, we all came together and made these large amounts and then we just handed it out and obviously my favorite question to answer is is it like how much does it cost and i'm like it's free <laughs> yeah it's yours just you know how many plates do you want yeah um but they you know, they had to go through a holiday where they were already feeling isolated without gas yeah. like they couldn't cook for themselves on top of the panorama on, on top of the on top of the panoramic <laughs> so yeah. that's that's sort of the it's sort of the and I heard some people are like, you know, it upsets me to, to see our people this way or just people in general, uh, you know, struggling. But I it also 
feels really good to be able to offer them some small comfort yeah in that struggle yeah absolutely and going back to a little bit what we were talking about mutual aid and like how we saw it in our lives without even noticing it or acknowledging it as mutual aid I think we do that already like so much and being able to expand upon that um like one thing I do a lot is I like if there's an older Latina lady, Latino man in the grocery store or like even that one time we were at the police station. Um, oh, yeah. Every time there's somebody who speaks Spanish who's not able to get their point across or who's having just difficulty in general. I always try to step up because I am fluent in both languages. So yeah. I'm always like, yes, I can help you. What do you need? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That one time in the police station. In Queens, yeah. where literally no person spoke Spanish, that was ridiculous. Like, yeah. Queens is one of the heaviest Latino, like... Yeah. Or at least, I mean, it's at least this area where we are. No, Queens, Queens in the whole I country know, is one of the biggest like, Latino... You'd think, this, you'd think yeah. here, we're like, we're right, we're right next to Jackson Heights. Where and they, they had these... not one Latino person yeah. in the police force. And it was like her, her son had been attacked or something yeah. like that. So she was like emotional. It's and yeah. So being able to help in those. So things. being able to help in that. And then, and then I've been wanting to branch out like aside from the tutoring thing and helping like Spanish speaking people in like, you know, citizenship tests or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I think that's something that I definitely want to start doing once we get out of the panorama. Yes. Oh, this God of taking panorama. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the things you look for or take into account when choosing where to volunteer or who to volunteer for? Well, I think as selfish as it is, like one, it's got to be convenient to me. Like mm. <laughs> I've got to be able to do it, like be able to put in time and commitment to do it. Otherwise, there's no point in me. Like, yeah, because I mean, if you you can't help anybody if you fall through. Yeah, exactly. There's that. And then there is the like the nature of the event. If it's like events or if it's like an ongoing project, like what is it? Who is it serving? And is it like, you know, woke? (laughs) Is it woke? (laughs) Or is it it just like self-serving? Yeah, a bunch of white saviorisms and and Yeah. Yeah. And then I I also, um, if I'm working with like a company or like a, what's it called? Nonprofit? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Organization. That's the word I was looking for. Like, what is that organization? And like, what do they stand for? Um, There's been a couple organizations I've worked, like, I've helped at in the city one is like keen and they help with um uh autistic children or children with mental disabilities and i did i played soccer with (laughs) with children that was one of my volunteer events that was fun that sounds fun um and then there was another organization that i did the meal packing for that i can't remember but i think that was a a church organization so i was a little like more hesitant um but i did some research and it was you know they were serving the community and like packing meals and taking vans to like older folk. Yeah. So it was nice. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I haven't done, I'm not a research person. <laughs> so I think that I sort of just, I see something that I want to do and then I do it. Um, <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last one, 
What are some deal breakers? What would make you stop volunteering with a certain organization? Yeah. So here's the thing with volunteering Mm -hmm. is you do come across a lot of different people within the volunteers themselves, other volunteers, and and then the people you're serving, right? Uh, But some some things that stick out to me, like when I was young and (laughs) volunteering in high school, one thing that stuck out to me was when I went on an event with like a larger club and we went to a soup kitchen and the very first thing they did was take a photo for the yearbook. I was rolling my eyes, wanting to be in the back of it. And I think I organized the event. I was like, I don't want to be in this photo. Like you haven't done anything yet. It's not, (laughs) it's not what I want. Um, so it's very like, are you doing it for clout? Yeah. Or are you doing it to help? Yeah. And then are the people you're doing it with (laughs) doing it for clout or are they doing it to help? Um, so that turns me off of events with like a lot of people, Mm. I think. And like the reason I wouldn't like start doing food drives or things like that is just because I don't like people like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I always just have that like feeling with, with certain people (laughs) yeah um and then uh, with organizations it's like if they're they're going through some shit like if an organization is being canceled or called out for something i'm not gonna like volunteer for them continue volunteering for them um just another example of some like because i have felt uncomfortable in certain situations one is when people are like clout chasing And the other is the white savior complex Mm -hmm. and doing this tutoring. um, Luckily, like it branches off and we get to do our individual thing. But at the very beginning of like, because it's SAT prep. So we help between the months of September through April, I believe, Mm -hmm. or October to April. I can't remember. Um, But so at the very beginning, we all like gather around and like introduce ourselves. And so we're with the other volunteers. And there was this older white lady whose first question to the whole class of all minority students was like, how many of you guys are you going to be the first generation students like your parents didn't go to college? Like the way she asked and the intentions behind the question were so uncomfortable because like I want like I could raise my hand (laughs) yeah as well but why are you asking why not yeah so that made me uncomfortable and the only reason I stayed is because of the way the classes are run where it's only me and my students I don't have to see that person yeah um and yeah and I can't control what happens over there (laughs) yeah I would definitely say that the the reason why I wouldn't volunteer with something would be something like that where either the environment that I'm in doesn't feel like it's actually trying to help Mm -hmm. and it feels much not I mean yes to clout chasing like clout chasing is really annoying but also like I don't know I think that there are more sinister things of just like I don't know the feeling superior to other people yeah like feeling like oh I'm going to help these poor, underprivileged people because I am just so much better and I'm such yeah. a good person and I have to share all of my good, you know, it's like, ugh, ugh shut up, yeah. you know? 
And then on a situation where I felt really uncomfortable would be I was te- I was doing reading partners at this school in um like on the like edge of Bedside. I don't even remember the um the name of the school. Mm-hmm. One of the PS somethings. Um, <laughs> but they. <laughs> All I think it's so interesting that the PS. school, yeah, the school is like public school five. Like, <laughs> all right, obviously we're not natives. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not from here. But um, well, I mean, all of our schools in back home are named after fucking racists, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> um, I was teaching there, and they had the school is black. Like, there are a lot of black students, and then also like Latinos, and then I think I saw a couple white kids. So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. Um, and all of the other volunteers were white women, I believe. There may have, there may have been one person of color, but they weren't they didn't have the days mm-hmm. that I had. So I was always the only person of color there. And there was this one day, there's this girl, she was crying. Like she was first of all, she's a little child. Yeah. And so she's up she's crying and she's upset. And they just like say W. What noise does W make? What noise does W make? And she's like sobbing. <laughs> Oh and I'm I'm sitting there and she's not my student. And so I'm I'm trying to help my student. My student, he like, I think he has like ADHD or just some sort of thing where you really have to be on him. Yeah. And so I was, I had to keep doing my job, but I just heard like her crying or whatever. And then I think eventually like he, he was doing his reading book time or something. Yeah. And I just like went back and sort of just like talked to her and I was like, oh, you know, this, the sun felt so nice today or like the weather was really nice today. Trying to like, Talk about something other than the word, the letter W, but also give her some time to like relax. And so I was just like, if I'm stand, if I'm standing next to her talking about something pleasant, the other fucking people will leave her alone. But after that, I just, I stopped. I not that I stopped going. I slowed down how much I was going because I was like, I don't feel comfortable being around these people. And it was also before I like, like, I I don't think now, now I probably, that would motivate, motivate me to keep going. But at the time I just. Yeah, you know, I was young enough that I was like, oh, skeevy, yeah. gross. And so I just sort of backed out. Um, but uh, and then that time I well, I won't say, but there was a time I I went to there was like a housing project. Uh, we went to like help kids. Yeah, it was paint. like a coloring event or yeah. like. Some yeah, we art. were. Yeah, we were just doing art stuff with kids. They yeah. were, wanted art students to do art stuff with, with so, kids. It was yeah. great. It was really great, but like the first thing people were like, or or at a certain point, it was like photo time, and I just didn't like the posing. Yeah, it seemed weird. I was like, it's cool if somebody is like around while we're painting with these kids and yeah. taking photos, but they literally like, and it was I noticed at a certain point, and I was like, I was hanging out with the kids, and you were hanging out with the kids, yeah. and they were all hanging out with each other. And then it was photo time. That's what I was going to also point out and yeah. mention because you're saying that poor thing. But there's also like the inability of people like to communicate. And with, to connect with people who are different. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like with children, for me, it's easy. And that's why I do a lot of like kids events. For me, it's like, yeah, children, like I'll talk to you. I'll color with you. Like, what's up? What's your name? Like, yeah. And I'll to that level. But I don't know. Something about that event really bothered me about them just not being able to talk to the kids and like just grouping together and talking between themselves. And yeah. Like, and it was like, why did you come? Yeah. And then they were like, oh, pictures. Yes. Yeah. So come bring the kids now. <laughs> even because even with, with us like yeah. dating at the time, 
Like, you we know, were not talking. Dating. We weren't talking to each other. <laughs> if anything, I was like, oh, look at Pam's painting. That sucks. You're doing yeah. so much better than Pam. You know, like <laughs> I I was like, why are these people like, why did they come? And they were like very because the hood is especially, especially in New York, are basically just maze jails. Like, yeah. And so they were like uncomfortable walking around. We had to like walk, for I think, to a different building or something. And they were just. Skeeving, it was like, why did you sign up for this? Like, why didn't you just go do like something you're comfortable doing? Yeah. You're clearly not comfortable being here. You clearly don't actually care about these people. Like, why did you come? Yeah. And it was like just for the photos. And I hate uh anytime. It really doesn't matter. Anytime I see non-black people posing with black children, it's uncomfortable. No stuff yeah. At all. I don't like it. Yeah. I think I was uh I was at a library children's event with that same group of people. Um, and I didn't sign up with them, even though, like, you know, we have a photo of all of us together because we were in an organization together. Um, I didn't, I had no idea they were coming. And if I would have known, <laughs> I would have not gone. signed up. <laughs> but so then they were like, Pam, oh my God, you're here. Photo. And I was like, oh. Photos. Um, I was just hanging out with the kids. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, even with, like, the Queensbridge stuff, like, or, you know, in the food work that we're doing now, like, I, w Queens Liberation makes sure to, like, we do a lot of taking photos of, like, what we're actually doing instead of taking photos of people, and yeah. if we do, it's, like, more of, like, a, like, pulled back thing. Yeah. I don't like when you grab one person and you're, like, look at this. I just, it, it just skews me out. I don't like it. Yeah. I think that social media is ruining everything, and yeah. we... You shouldn't need photos of you helping people to feel like you help people. Yeah. Is really, really where I'm at. So if any organization that's all, that's all about photos or anything like that, even though there was, I did, um, oh my God, I completely forgot I did this. There's this like garden on right. Randall Island, I think. Randall's. I think it's Randall's Island. Not Roosevelt? No, R Randall's. That, I know for okay. sure it's Randall's. Um, but on Randall's Island, we went and like, we help them like dig out their weeds and like sort of, you know, uh, help with their compost and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we took photos then. And that's like cool because it's, you know, it's not with people. You're not, you're you're not objectifying plants. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just I don't like I don't like you're it. But they were very at all like all these unfortunate people that I helped out today because yeah. I'm fortunate and have the time. So like, stop taking photos of people like don't take photos of yeah. protesters. Don't take photos of people you have. Yeah. Just. No photos, please, yeah. you know? That's also, like, the people that I'm the closest to know, like, how much volunteering mean, means to me in my life. Mm -hmm. People outside of, like, my close friend groups won't know that. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you don't talk about it that much. I don't talk about it, and I don't feel the need to, like, yeah. because it's something I do because I have extra time and I have extra resources and I, like, want, like, that's something I prioritize. Like, people that can't shouldn't feel, like, Oh, wow. Like, yeah. you're so great. Like, I don't ever want that. Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that Queen's Liberation Project is, like, mine and other people's, obviously, organization, uh -huh. I don't think I would talk about it. I, I don't I don't think in the past that I talked about my... I think the Reading Partners one I talked about more just because it was, like, interesting that I got to, like, be in this school with these kids mm -hmm. who live right down the street from my school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would talk to my friends about it. But it wasn't like I was, like... Oh, look at me. I'm going down to the school to help the poor, underserved youths yeah. learn how to read. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, it's not about that for me. Yeah. I think when I was doing, like, the, the college essay stuff, it was, like, on a Saturday morning. 
So like, yeah, super yeah. early on Saturdays, but luckily it was like close. But I think the only times I've mentioned is like if I was late to something on Saturday or if I was like late out on Friday and I was like, I have to wake up or yeah, <laughs> or like, oh, yeah, I just came from this thing. Like, that's why I wasn't like around. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's how it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All um, right. I think yeah. I think that we we covered it. Yeah. We wanted to cover it because. Traysan is doing a lot of work with Queen's Liberation Project, so it's very relevant in our lives now, and yeah. my SAT prep just started, so we figured it'd be a nice, like, conversation yeah. for us to to have with with the peoples. With y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And Give I, you a little sneak peek into our lives. I truthfully believe that mutual aid is the only way that the human race will survive. Like, <laughs> I, I really do, because... It's clear that our governments, and like I say governments because I it's, it, it's happening. It's not just America. It's happening like all over the world right now. There's yeah. this leaning towards fascism and um, capitalism is bad. I just listened to an old episode of The Read where they were, it was the, when the Amazon fires were going on and like capitalists were setting the Amazon rainforest on fire so they could develop the land. And I don't think that we talk about the fact that they were set. The fires didn't just happen. They were set. Yeah. And so I think that yeah. I think that it's important for all of us to start looking at ways in which we can help our community. And there are so many ways. If you don't have time, you can give money. If you don't have money, you can give time. You can give energy. You can give like five minutes to go check on your neighbor downstairs. Yeah. Anything. I think we just have to start helping each other. And I think that we have. I think that there's been I a think huge. The one of the greatest things to come out of 2020 is how much we are seeing like a turn. And I think I was listening to a podcast recently and I wish I could remember which one, but I've been listening to a bajillion podcast. So I have no idea which one this came from <laughs> um, where it talked about the like our push to be a community. And to think of others is sort of an evolution thing. Mm. And the people who are um, still just selfishly like, oh, the taxes are going to affect me and like <laughs> bullshit like that. They're going to get left behind because at the end of the day, like we're saving the planet and we're saving our communities and we're like helping each other like grow. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. No, the other day when I was super stoned at Chloe's live stream <laughs> thing, I was like. Yo, like they teach you in school about mutually assured destruction, and that's how the Cold War was ended. But like mutual aid, man, <laughs> that's such <laughs> a high like, thought. Yeah, but it's just sort of like the idea is like we have this how like oh mutually assured destruction is what saved the world from nuclear mm -hmm. weapons, and it's really like we could just care about each other. Yeah. Like, instead of being like, oh, if I destroy you, you'll destroy me. If, like, right. if you're hurting, I can help you. And that way, when I'm hurting, you'll help me. You know? Like, exactly. it's a completely different way of approaching it, I feel like. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, I don't know, like, the way we were talking about it, like, not noticing it as children, I think that's very important because there are ways that even the most selfish person like contribute. does contribute to their family to their like yeah children like whatever whatever it is they're like just make it grow from there yeah i would say it's like our society is very like driven towards individualistic like 
competitiveness in our career fields um cutthroat cutthroat like hustle 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 like straps and whatnot if you're not hustling you're not gonna make it like if we just all work together yeah (laughs) and help each other out we would be fine like somebody next to you needs something that you have in excess yeah and and someone next to you has something that you need desperately and it's not always money it's not always money it's not and truthfully since getting involved with mutual aid i mean obviously money's always a thing but there are certain things that like like food no longer do i worry about like in a way where it's like our fridge used to get empty yeah it used to get like bone dry and i since we've been doing this work i am now in a network of constant food so while we're also we're giving a lot of the food away mutual aid is that we all we also get to eat yeah because we're a part of a community and it's not just because a lot of people also are like oh well we have to they don't have they have a thing about like eating so like when we do our breakfast program we always offer our volunteers a breakfast platter as well of course because that's mutual aid it's not just oh i'm gonna starve i'm not gonna eat so that way i can give this food away no eat and then we do the work you know and that's and that's the work so I just think that mutual aid is a great way to think about it. And I love the words. It's my it's my favorite words of 2020. Yeah. Um, because it it solves an issue, I think. It solves multiple issues. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's mutual aid, baby. <laughs> and it's part of our identity. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move forward. Listener questions. Listener questions. Listener questions. I'm not annoyed by that yet. <laughs> Email us your beautiful, juicy questions to identitycrisispt at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. First question. What's one <laughs> big thing in common about your personalities that makes your bond stronger? Neither one of us like human beings. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I really put a lot of thought into this answer and you went and said that's shit. Wow. Because it's true. Wow. We don't like oh my people. God. And I was watching the notebook yesterday and wow. there was a quote that I was going to bring into the conversation. Oh, you conversation. really want to like make this cheesy? No, no, no. But there was one quote that was you like so me. cute. No, uh, it was something about like all our differences. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Okay shut up you're so annoyed (laughs) i think we are very different people but the things we have in common are very fundamental Mm -hmm. um like morals and and values and stuff like that i think the biggest thing that brought us together is being able to sit down and have these conversations like way before the podcast we just talk yeah and talk about deep shit. Like, we didn't just, yeah. like, you up all the time. <laughs> I mean, we definitely had our fair share. <laughs> <laughs> but we had very deep conversations about real life and where we were going and yeah, what we care about and what um, stuff like that. Yeah. No, I, we, but we also don't like people. So... <laughs> all right we okay so because what makes our bond stronger is that we shit talk and the couple that shit talks together stays together and also you know like my taurus and her cancer we make a really nice home so that also like we our bond is sort of strong in that way because we get to come home and talk shit about all the people that we don't like 
<laughs> and it's really great. You make me sound so bad. How? <laughs> These people think I'm nice. No, they don't. Yeah. Y'all shouldn't. Pam's a little bitch. <laughs> I'm very nice and I care about everyone. <laughs> She's lying right now, bro. You're lying. You liar. All right, word. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's it, really. I think that also we through like quarantine have really come together and gotten a lot stronger and that's been through like our communication like just being able to notice oh in that we're empathetic people i feel like we can understand when one of us is like going through a mood and what and we'll concede you know like we're not gonna like well that's what's actually helped our relationship not end (laughs) well it was yeah Yeah. it was either we had to we had to have empathy for each other or we were gonna break up that's really it yeah because we would just like butt heads and just not stop (laughs) like yeah just so stubborn that was one thing at the very beginning we were just stubborn and we're like we're gonna get the last word no we're gonna no i'm gonna drop an egg out your window (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm going to bed uh i don't think we answered this question correctly but we can one one big thing common about your personalities that makes your bond stronger. We don't like people. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Next question. I love that it's the episode about mutual aid. Yeah. I'm like, I hate human beings. It's, <laughs> it's true. I don't like them. Um, We're just introverts. That's really it. Yeah. Truthfully. I'm just a loud one. Have you guys thought about your about any pets and what would you name them? We've so I want so a much. pit bull puppy and I'm going to name them cat. Short for caterpillar. Thank we you. got that from somewhere. I can't remember where. We got it from we Twilight didn't. Zone, the one uh, done by. Um, oh, you're right. The director of Us and Get Out. Yeah. Whose name I'm blanking on? <laughs> Jordan Peele. No, <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, that's right. Jordan Peele. It's not Jordan Peele. It's Keep. No, it's Jordan Peele. Yes. Oh wow! Look at me. I um, know things. We've thought a lot about pets. Uh, the only thing that stopped us. Money. No, because we were going to blow money. We were going to blow money. There were a few days where we were like, that's it. We need one. Yeah. Um, Our landlord does not allow. He doesn't like. Well, not that she doesn't allow, but that she charges more and that's when the money comes Well, we would have to put like a pet deposit, which is something I had never, ever heard of before. Sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's outside of my price range and then. Going through that hurdle um, makes you think of all the other extra costs that a pet yep. would. <laughs> because <laughs> it's basically like having a child. Yeah. I'm not completely sold on the pit bull thing. Um, That's just like. Yeah. We were going to foster or adopt. Adopt. We were going to yeah. adopt. We went to, there, there was an event at Union Square. And <laughs> there was a pet adoption event, basically. I think Petco. Like, no, it wasn't Petco. Was it not? Mm. Well, it was all a little like. Yeah, it was like a. It was like New York. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, we swung by and walked around and I fell, fell in love with this, in love with this beautiful and puppy. The puppy. Fell in love with me, and we made eye contact with each other. And we were like, we played, and, and she liked me. She liked both of us. Um, and she was being fostered at the time, and I got her foster parents' number, and we were gonna go for it. And by the time we got home, it that dog was already adopted. Yeah, someone came in after we left because we were just at the end of the event. But yeah, somebody had to have come and like just put money down or some shit. Yeah, so we cried. 
Yeah, um, we cried that night. It was really sad. Other than that, we were, I want a cat, but we are both allergic, low-key. <laughs> yeah, low-key. But I still want one. Um, we can get, like, a hyperallergenic one. I, I like cats. Like, I think cats make cool pets. I just don't like the idea of getting scratched the fuck up in my own home. I'm okay with that. You, you do know. it to me all the time. Yeah, but I'm a human being, and I don't have, like, razor-sharp fucking claws. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways. So we've, we've had many names gone through, but yeah. the only one that's really su- stuck is the cat, short for caterpillar, for a puppy. And yeah. we will love that puppy with all of our brains. Or like, I just like naming animals things, like, that, things that they aren't. You yeah, know? like food. Yeah. Or like Probably have fish. a puppy named Empanada. Oh my god. A name, wait, naming a pet. Your pets after food. Lechon. <laughs> no, 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 not lechon. Like empanada. Empanada? Really? Oh, albondigas. Albondigas was really nice. Albondigas? It's like meatballs. Oh, meatball. Oh, I want a pug named Meatball. Yeah. Anyways, so that's that. Yeah. Moving on. You totally skipped one question. Yes, I did. Current events. <laughs> that's the answer to the question. Sorry about it. Current events. We'll talk about it next week, I promise. So, Ashanti tested positive for COVID literally hours before her verses with Keisha Cole. And you, bitch, why would you? You know people were counting on this entertainment. People had events. They had schedules. People had planned their People had people coming this. over. You know how many gifts boyfriends bought their girlfriends this week in preparation Truly. For you to catch COVID? Oh, my God. One night, Chaisana pushed me, like, off of her. No, this is relevant. You pushed me off of you, and I was so upset. And I was like, like, explain that a little bit more? Because it just sounds violent, and it's not. (laughs) No, we we were asleep, and I think I was trying to pull your hand in your arm you were trying to me. yank me all over no, the bed no uh no i was just pulling towards you towards me and you pushed me away and got upset with me and whatever the point is <laughs> I was that i the first thing i woke up and said was tomorrow is the keisha cole and ashanti versus you better make it up to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you fucking did <laughs> i think so, i was still half asleep too. <laughs> yeah i was like what so <laughs> it was canceled, um, which was cool because I got to stay at the mutual aid uh, live stream for a little longer. I was lonely and sober. Yeah. But it was cool. Um, Ashanti, get your shit together. Not cool. It wasn't cool. It was very depressing. The Like, because I tweeted this earlier in the week. I truly thought the Versus was on Thursday for God knows what reason. It's always been Saturday, but I thought it was on Thursday. <laughs> And so I had, like, planned my week around it because this is, like, an event. Right. Um, And then on Wednesday, I found out it's not on Thursday. And then I'm like, fuck, fine. I get depressed. <laughs> and then on Saturday, they fucking canceled it two hours before, two hours before. Yeah. And it started... With fucking Twitter, everybody was like, oh, my God, it's canceled. Oh, my God, it's canceled. And Versus says nothing. Yeah. And so I'm just there reading all these rumors and these articles like, no, they haven't said anything. It might still happen. Yeah. Psych. Yeah. It was very upsetting. 
But um, Ashanti, don't travel during coronavirus. She went to Africa. Like she like she's been left- traveling. I know. I just I don't know. It's like you left the continent. Like you 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 weren't even like one of those people who went and like bought a private island or some shit. Like you were just like touring. Yeah. Is she touring? I don't know what she's doing. But during coronavirus, I mean, like I wish her the best because like coronavirus ain't no joke. But like, it's not. This but also, was you very. We were counting on you. Yeah, and it shouldn't have been Ashanti anyway. It should have been Fantasia. But let's not even get into it. <laughs> All right, but I did. Fantasia wouldn't have done. I did shit. have another point in that, but <laughs> but uh, due to the cancellation of the verses, this guy on Twitter, he's a oh that yeah yeah he's a producer uh, filmmaker, and on the side he does little mixes. Um, and all the little mixes are fucking bomb. They're, They're so brilliant. good. Yeah. And so he it's I guess somebody was like, you know what? Like the verses is over. You should do a live. You should do a live. So he did a live oh. for a few hours. And like, I think he took like maybe half an hour between like when the verses was supposed to be. And when he started, he made a mashup of Keisha Cole and Ashanti Aww. like for the people's. It was, and it was such a great event. Crystal was there, and I was like, "Oh, I'm at a concert with Crystal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it sort of felt like that. It was like a good vibe. Oh, that's um, dope. Yeah. So he sort of saved the night, Word. if you will. So, oh, and if you haven't, if you don't know him, follow him on Twitter or YouTube or whatever. He has really dope shit. Uh, at Lone Amorphous. So. Regina Hall turning 50 and creating a bop. It was all right. <laughs> no, I thought it was so fun. It's the video's fun. Yeah. But everybody, I, because I, I saw, they were like, oh, this is my new birthday song. And it's like, the song is like, because it's like, a bitch is old today. That one, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's cute. I, I love Regina Hall. Like, I think she's hilarious. So, yeah. No, it's very cute. Yeah, it was cute. It's not going to be like, two times for the birthday, bitch. Fuck it up if it's your birthday, bitch. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's not like that. Uh, speaking of birthdays, Dionne Warwick uh, turning 80 and becoming queen of Twitter. Yeah. So, she is now <laughs> the queen of Twitter. Yeah. And she tweets some funny ass shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. This woman is hilarious. And it's her. She made sure to let you all know that it's her tweeting. Yes. She made a whole video being like, for all you haters, <laughs> like, this is me. And yes, my niece taught me, but now it's me. Yeah. Um, and she's just amazing. She's coming at everybody. Yeah. It's it's great. Um, yeah. So if you don't have a Twitter, get one now just for this. <laughs> OMG, the Zodiac Killer Code was cracked. Yes. So I'm um welcome to Pam's Morbid Hour. <laughs> I'm a fan of um murder. No. No. I don't want to <laughs> word it like that and I'm trying to be very specific about how I word this. <laughs> I become very intrigued. <laughs> don't spit out your water, please. Uh I'm very become very intrigued. <laughs> I don't know how to word this. I'm really trying. Um I'm into Pam that shit. <laughs> I'm into that shit. I listen to crime podcasts. I have two on my subscribed, and I'm just a fan. And I'm very. I watch a lot of documentaries about murder. Not always murder, but crime and like, <laughs> you know, fucked up shit. <laughs> 
And I'm really like, I really like the investigations as well. And the thing with the Zodiac Killer is that this shit has been in- investigated for like, what, 50 years now? Like, yeah. he really fucked with the police. And like, the thing is, Back in, like, not even that long ago, the 80s, like, in our parents' lifetime, you could get away with anything. Anything. <laughs> like, the police just weren't great at investigating stuff. And, like, because technology is so new, like, phones and cameras and, like, even DNA testing is so new. Mm-hmm. Like, people are reopening old cases. cases. I went in on a huge tangent. I don't know where I'm getting at anymore. Zodiac Killer's code was cracked. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's a cool, <laughs> cool thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't even remember what the code said. It was, like, something like, oh, shit. No, I can't remember it. That's fine. Yeah. Does it, does it? I don't know if it'll him? change anything. I already thought <laughs> I knew who the Zodiac Killer was. I've watched many documentaries on it. So you're an expert. Not an expert at all. I can't remember his name. <laughs> like, I'm not Yeah, it's much. that guy. Yeah. No, we recently watched the movie on the Zodiac yeah, Killer. Yeah, we watched Zodiac. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The one with Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr., yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely the guy in the camper. Like, never trust a man in a camper. No, all right. it's just creepy. Let's move forward. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that tangent. You can so, erase all now this. for a bit of a heavier subject. FKA oh. Twigs and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, FKA Twigs is suing Shia LaBeouf for um, being abusive. And it's not surprising. I don't. He didn't even deny it. He was like, yeah, I was an alcoholic. I did a lot of fucked up shit. Which is like, yeah. And like, I guess it's better that he's acknowledged it. It's still kind of like, because I think that he then, like, his publicist is still trying to, like, go around and make him seem like he's not that bad. And it's sort of, like, what she was saying about it is that there was always this effort. Like, people knew who he was and yeah. how abusive he was and, like, all of that. But there was always this effort to, like, keep him looking good. Right. And, like, when even when you look at interviews, like, when he did his, like, when he was just doing his weird, like, alcoholic just shit. Just do it. No, no, I'm talking about when he was just being like an alcoholic dickhead, like and that whole racist shit, that what shit with that cop that came out again. That had we had I had already known about that. I had just sort of forgotten about it and forgave him in my mind. I'd like, yeah. oh well, it's just Shia being Shia, and it's like, yeah. no, you're actually a fucking dick. But <clears throat> it made me think. That's probably that's what jump started and made me think about like how I was in my past relationships yeah. and that kind of thing because it's like. How do you reconcile, like, with, if you're a person who used to do really fucked up shit, and then you actively are trying to become better, like, what is that transition? What is that transition like? And how do you reckon with the person you used to be and the stuff you used to did? For me, one thing I think, I think I've always been pretty good at is if I, if I do fuck someone over, if I, if I do act in some way like that. I think the people, the people who I've done it to know that I'm remorseful. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, um. Like I've I've already had those conversations that it doesn't need to be a public. Th- I'm also not famous, but you know, it's <laughs> a public reckoning doesn't need to happen. A yeah. public call out doesn't need to happen. And yeah. I don't. And I think that Shia LaBeouf was already on his journey, at least dealing with his alcoholism. Like he was already on his journey. But the thing is, is that his relationship with her happened when he was filming Honey Boy. So that's not too long ago. That's like within the past couple years. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you were making this journey, but you're still hurting people, then are you really actually becoming better, or are you just 
healthier now. Yeah. You know, and it, it's interesting to think about. I am disappointed in Shia when the racist shit came back up and I like reread what happened. I was sort of like, yeah, I don't need to be liking this white boy anymore. Yeah. And then this is sort of just the nail in the coffin. Like he, cause apparently it's like other women as well. It's not just a one off thing. Like he was just an asshole. Yeah. And like, I don't need to be supporting assholes. Yeah. I think the one thing I would like to, to say here, cause I don't have the details about it at all. I read like one story about it. I just, yeah. I don't know, like anything. Um, yeah, a lot of times with famous people, we like to label them as like unproblematic kings, queens, oh. especially the white ones. <laughs> especially the white ones. Um, because we don't know anything. And it's like, we do. We don't know anything. Yeah. We don't know their lives. We don't know their people. Like, no matter how hard we stand, we will never know these people unless we know them. So, because I remember, like, not so long ago, you were like, Shia LaBeouf, like, that's a cool dude. Like, before this stuff came out, obviously. Yeah. But I remember, like, thinking that and thinking through, like, him and being like, I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, he's, like, a chill dude, like, just do it attitude, like, like yeah. keeps to himself. Like, I don't know jack shit about him except, like, holes. <laughs> like, even Stevens. <laughs> even like, Stevens. I'm old and yeah. I don't keep up with him. Like, but I do know, like we're always so surprised and it's like let's stop being surprised it's like i'm not surprised to yeah. know that shia la fucking buff is like ha- is is abusive like he's very yeah. loud and like <laughs> and like emotional so yeah like i totally it's i also one thing is it's very easy to be abusive yeah like it's not like it's some like huge step you have to take like when you're shouting over someone or when you don't allow people to like make their own decisions and shit like that, like it's very easy to slip into that behavior. Right. And so, yeah, I totally fucking believe that he was abusive. I mean, I'll, I'll say allegedly, so I don't get sued, but. Right. Well, like, no, I, I'm saying like just in general, like in when, ge- yeah, when in something general. comes out about a famous person, let's just stop being surprised. And also, we don't know these let's, people. Let's stop with celebrities in general. Like I think that we've <laughs> moved past the celebrities. need. We've moved past the need for them. Like they literally have been acting the fuck up this whole year. They haven't done a goddamn thing right. Yeah. Like, fuck it. This isn't on our list, but I, did we even talk? We probably talked about it last week. But I am over the whole I'm rich thing. I'm over it. It has lost its charm. We did not talk about we it. We didn't. Cardi and B. I didn't want to. <laughs> Belle Calice, you've disappointed me. Because the thing is, is that I think at first she was very real about like how... This is this whole thing has been affecting people negatively. And she was very on the shit about being like the government needs to give y'all more money. That's fucked up. Blah, 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 blah. And like, it's cool that you once have had said that. But people are still struggling out here. And I do think that going on Twitter and asking if you should buy an $88,000 purse is a bit fucking insensitive. A Just bit. a smidge. Just a smidge. And like, and, and the thing is, all of them are doing it. Fucking Sweetie and her Birkenback conversation. like. These conversations are not needed right now. Yeah. We can't afford $88,000 anything. We can't afford how people are being evicted. People are being thrown out to the streets in the middle of. Could help. <laughs> could help anybody. And yeah. you want And the thing is. The thing right, with Cardi B well, is the way she like doubled down. That's, and that's what it. I was getting at is it's like you. Not only did you post that because fine you posted it and it is insensitive as fuck. And that's, you know, whatever. You could have just left it. But you could have just left it there. Instead, she's like, 
y'all can't tell me what I can say on my thing. And then, and then, and then, and it's like, and on top of that, she was like, look at all these places I, I donated gave money. to. I gave $2 million. And it's like, yeah, because you have $2 million to, to give. Like, you, you have $88,000 to spend on a purse. We fucking don't, sis. Yeah. And on top of that, she tried to turn it around and make it like a good thing and be like, okay, since y'all want to talk shit, like, send me your your donations, like what you have done, and I'll match it. And it's, it's like, bitch, we're broke. That, that we're not, I'm not donating it. I donated in the beginning of the pandemic because I had money. I have stopped donating. I don't have money to donate anymore. Now I'm worried about my rent. I need money donated to me. Yeah. Like there's no way we, it's sustainable to keep asking poor people to sustain poor people. Fuck you. You get a tax break. So you actually giving $2 billion is nothing. Is nothing because you don't have to pay that $2 million. Yeah. Like it, it, it evens out for y'all. And I'm just so sick of this whole like, oh, oh, I'll match you. You don't need to match. She, she just, was matching like five dollars, twenty dollars, five dollars, like twenty dollars. You just talked about spending eighty-eight thousand dollars on a fucking purse, and she and, and you already and have purses. It's not like it's your only purse. Like you, oh, this would just be my one purse. No, your fucking daughter has a Birkin. Yeah, and, and she's she's what three, four. I don't know. She's a child. Like it. It's just the excess is infuriating because people are actually suffering right now yeah people are worried about their evictions people are worried about where they're gonna get their next meal it's it's very insensitive and like i'm not one to be like oh um i don't know how to word this um like they shouldn't spend their money at all like you're, you you it. made yours. your money, like, you could do whatever you want with your money, but once you start, like, flaunting and talking about it, like, in that way, in the sweetie way of, like, oh, your man should get you a Birkin bag, uh-uh. No. <laughs> Just split, <laughs> split rent with me. That'd be great. Yeah. You know? Offer me, to, offer to buy me lunch every so often. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying is it's this sort of, and it's just, you guys are living in a different world than us. Completely different. And it's the same with the dudes too. We're, we're only speaking of Cardi and Sweetie just because they have to do with purses, which I think is just the goofiest shit. But it's also like the fucking cars and the fucking chains, chains. and the fucking watches and the fully yeah. petiques and, and we all like, of this shit. Like, I mean, on a bigger extent, fucking Beyonce and her husband, like everything you do, you have to talk about how rich you are. We get it. We get it. You are rich and we will never fucking know the life you live. We also give you that money so you'll know that life. Like you get your money from us. So stop fucking making us feel like shit for giving it to you. I'm just I'm over it. I just I can't like fucking celebrity should just not be a thing anymore. Stop giving these people money because they clearly don't give a fuck. They just want to make us feel worse. And like I went on Cardi's thing today. I'm, I, I don't know. I might unfollow her for a minute. <laughs> she was fucking, she's just flaunting her rings. I saw that. Like yeah. fat fucking diamonds that could pay for somebody's house to keep them fucking housed for the winter. I'm flaunting it. I just, I don't see the point. I just don't see the point. I love her music and like I stand a queen still, but I just, I can't be confronted with this kind of wealth. Yeah, and it, it it is personal for us because we we do suffer from like being poor, being <laughs> being poor, and like struggling month to month, like just keeping each other afloat and like sustaining yeah. our lives, which are just very yeah. And it's like minimal if, in comparison. If Cardi B dropped her fucking her 
her fucking Birkin bag on a, on the sewer that would like and I picked it up that would change my life. Yeah. <laughs> like that would change my fucking life and if she's she on lost Twitter being like earring. Huh. Yeah, right? <laughs> she lost if she just if her fucking finger is just a little too sweaty and that fucking ring falls off. Like that changes my whole entire at least year. Like yeah. You know? know, so I I'm sick of it. It's a bit personal and like I just wish they would Keep yeah. it all to their group chat, especially like, when they're when they're then problematic. We could bringing it back to that. Yeah, when they're when you're problematic, I don't care how much you fucking donate. I don't care. Don't be abusive. Don't be an asshole. Period. Let's just end the whole celebrity standing thing. Like it's it's just once again social media has like ruined a lot it because <laughs> we didn't used to be so close parasocially to celebrities. We yeah. didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Like. You really had to pick up a tabloid to know what they were up to. It, it was so different. And I think that that's where it should have stayed. I don't think that they should be able to just tweet out to millions and millions of people. Like a whole population of the earth just mm-hmm. gets to know their random ass fucking thoughts. Like that's so random and weird. And I don't like it. And I'm sick of hearing about how rich you are. I don't care. I think that's the main point. Because I'm okay with hearing their thoughts. Like, some people are fucking hilarious. <laughs> but, like, like Zion. Well, no, because then people say really stupid shit. Because now I'm thinking of, like, the Summer Walkers of the planet. Then people say really <laughs> dumb shit. And then they're like, that's just my opinion. And it's like, yeah, but it's stupid. Like, do yeah. you not see how you're, like... There's this thing going on on Twitter where it's, like, a lot of celebrities are like, oh, you guys are my friends. Like, this is no, my people. I'm not your fucking friends. Like, that's friends. what Cardi B had said. And that's it's like, what, yeah. no. This is not your friends. These are your fans and treated as such. Yeah. <laughs> like, there should be a distinguished... Because like, your friends know how you live. They know your life. Yeah. They know Keep who a burner you are. account. Like... This is your artist page, period. This is literally I am Cardi B, like millions of fucking followers account. Anyways, wow, yeah, we went on. Now I'm just being a hater. Tangent. I just I don't I just don't like I don't like the rubbing it at our faces. How fucking poor we are during this yeah. worldwide pandemic. <sighs> so let's move forward. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't want to talk about Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift. So I think that we're good. That we're gonna call it an episode. All right, then it is an episode. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to accomplish this week? Things. Yeah, I think that this week I'm going to, I'm going to, I am, I'm going to say that I'm going to accomplish doing another week of the food programs that we've been doing yeah. and give myself a break a little. Um, I'm also going to be going to the gallery thing. So like that's. You're busy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm busy. I actually do have a lot to do because I fly out again on Saturday. And so I want to complete <laughs> a couple tasks before leaving here. Um, the one work task that I've been, that's been glooming over my head. Which is? Logging my hours. You want to finish doing that this week? I really do. I don't see an end in sight, but I really want to finish that. Well, you just, you finished 2019. You're now doing. I don't want to talk about it. Like in depth. <laughs> Okay. That'll really thank you. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's it. All right, word. So I think that that we're gonna we're gonna call it an episode. Yeah, it's getting late. Yeah. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>